Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Tara Rampal. Tara, it's wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, Tara, I'm very excited to learn more about what you're working on. This is a very important area. Tara is the Managing Director of Phase BCIC. It's a non-for-profit company. Um, The group spent about four years researching, designing, and developing the telehealth cancer and surgical prehabilitation service, Quest Prehab. And she's going to talk to us about what Phase B CIC is doing and and how to, I guess, probably push forward in the area of telehealth and uh, make the most of it in, in terms of cancer and surgical prehabilitation services. But before we get there, Tara... Tell us a little bit about yourself and and your career. So I am a consultant anesthetist, which means an attending anesthesiologist in America. I trained as Bart's and the London School of Anesthesia, one of the most prestigious schools of anesthesia in Britain, and got a job as a consultant. And then my interest grew in looking at how to optimize and use my position, which comes with a huge amount of trust and the privilege and responsibility of looking after patients at a point in time where they're so open to receiving advice, which will change the course of their life. And, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, said by Uncle Peter. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to use this position when I meet patients, sometimes often at crossroads of their life, to do some good and to give them the tools to improve their health care. And that is what prehabilitation does. That is what phase B CIC does. It sets up telehealth platforms, digital platforms to provide patient optimization before any major treatment, whether it is cancer, whether it's surgery. And this is one of the many prehab services that I have developed. I've done that in my previous role as a consultant anesthetist. I'm doing that in my current role. And this is a community-based service to provide- I mean, I mean, uh, Dr. Rampel, it's it's an incredible thing that you're developing. Tell me a little bit more. I mean, we've all seen this kind of explosion of telehealth solutions. Tell me more how uh, patients utilize Phase BCIC. So one of the case studies of one of the programs of Phase BCIC is Kenton Medway Prehab, which works in one of the biggest counties of Britain in the southeast of England and looks at using video calls, audio calls, digital tools, all the platforms that are available to us um, to improve and um, you know, fortify the resilience of patients, mm-hmm. both mental, emotional, and physical before any major cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. We know that we are at a very unique juxtaposition in our um, healthcare right now. Technology is advancing with decreasing costs, the demand for healthcare is rising, and the challenge lies ahead for us to adapt and adapt these technological changes to provide value-based healthcare. And that's what phase B is trying to do to its patients, giving them the tools to increase self-efficacy 
and supporting them to manage their conditions at home while we are managing the rest of their physiological conditions. So, yeah, so, so prehabilitation services for these types of areas, what does that include? It seems like it includes a level of education, perhaps kind of, but I'm just, give, give me a sense of what that looks like. So prehabilitation uh, looks at somebody's baseline functional capacity. And what that functional capacity entails is their ability to chase their grandkids on the beach. Mm. It uh, entails them going and meeting their friends for a drink on a Friday evening and carrying out their household activities, which helps them remain an independent contributing member. If you have cancer treatment, sometimes it's so debilitating, it's so devastating. And we traditionally have started marking the success of cancer treatment in survival days. And this is looking at the quality of life that is there for survival days. Mm -hmm. So we try to look at offering patients education on how for healthy behaviors, lifestyle modification, which includes smoking cessation, alcohol moderation, improving assessing and garnering information that is available. We then do exercise prescription based on their baseline, on the clinical need and condition they have. And through telehealth, they get instructions to conduct these exercises. There is live streaming sessions for patients to join into exercises with especially mind-body integration, such as Tai Chi and yoga, boxing sessions, balance training, strength and conditioning. Um, then we look at nutritional optimization, how to identify where is processed food, where is hidden sugars, how to distinguish between healthy and unhealthy food. And last and most important, as far as I am concerned, a psychological resilience yeah. is helping patients deal with anxiety, with depression, look, providing peer support, which has been yeah. wonderfully successful in e-peer e support format. And it's the sum of this whole, rather these individual components that define the success of prehabilitation program, mm -hmm. improve the health-related quality of life. And that is what we try to do. It's wonderful. Uh, the holistic perspective really comes through as you're outlining what phase BCIC does. And, and certainly, I think we cannot underestimate the critical nature of those mental challenges um, that people have when they're, they're facing, you know, a, a debilitating illness and, and how they should approach their lives. So incredibly valuable solution. Let me kind of shift a little bit and talk about kind of what you're working on, uh, doctor, in, in terms of what we see in the broader marketplace. So, I mean, this is an incredible use of telehealth. Uh, you know, we've seen that expand over the last couple of years, and you're really marrying it together with um, kind of quite a complex area. I mean, anesthesiology is not... Um, is not a, an easy field. It's, uh, you know, obviously requires a lot of monitoring and customization. How, how are you bringing those areas together? So what you do in the operating theaters can only be done in operating theaters, but the role of an anesthesiologist extends far beyond the four walls and the ceiling of operating theater. From the point that it has been decided that a particular patient needs an operation, till the point of full recovery is what we call perioperative care. That is where the role of an anesthetist is. And so the operation itself and the stay which follows in the hospital actually formats a very small part of that perioperative care pathway. So an, as an anesthesiologist, 
if there is a patient whose chronic condition needs to be managed before they are fit enough or strong enough to take the challenge of surgery with a very good outcome, that can all be managed patient, with patient at home care models, which is not a physical entity, which is just a concept, an abstract concept of patients staying at home and us providing care, looking at their physiological parameters, monitoring their conditions and getting them fitter and fitter just as the cost goes down of delivering these models of care and then bringing them in when they're completely ready to take on the challenge, have as minimal a stay as safely possible within the hospital and then going back to their loved ones and maintaining an independent lifestyle with quick recovery. I think it's fascinating to see how telehealth plays a key role here and just be curious to hear your experiences with telehealth and how that's evolved. It seems like we have gone through a phase where people really struggled with it and now we went uh, and really embraced it. But tell, 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 tell us a little bit about your experiences with telehealth. Do you know what I find amazing is that when it comes to telehealth, actually, it is more us, the physicians, the providers that struggle with telehealth than patients. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic has had devastating consequences for us all. And some effects of it will be realized in years to come. But the one, one silver lining that we have got is acceptance of telehealth provision by healthcare providers. Uh, the patients were already ready. So if you had people who had families that lived across state boundaries, they used Skype, they used WhatsApp, they used Zoom to communicate with them and see their grandkids growing up. But it is the confidence that, you know, our necessities are greatest creator, like Plato said thousands of years ago. We had to now find out ways of maintaining patients safe at home while mm. providing them with healthcare. And that's where we have adapted telehealth and accepted it. Um, in the National Health Service, for example, overnight, 1.2 million people who were employees of the National Health Service in Britain were connected in a matter of weeks through Microsoft Teams, being able yeah. to carry out so much. So it's the adaptation of technology. And what it has done is very early analysis has shown age is no barrier. Certainly in our service, because of the nature of cancer, the age group that it affects in adults is that of the elderly. We have found that age has not been a barrier for us and it has widened patient participation. There is democratization of access. Traditionally, people from socioeconomic uh, straight at the lower end of the socioeconomic strata, those from minority ethnic communities are often left behind as we design traditional face-to-face -face models of care. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity cost for patients to attend uh, appointments. And what telehealth has done has decreased the opportunity cost, increased the equity of access. And hence this technological change has been now revolutionizing uh, digital healthcare provision. And I really hope it carries on much beyond the pandemic. So, so, Dr. Rample, um, over the last couple of years, we've been living through quite a strange moment uh, because of the pandemic. And just be curious to, to see what insights you've gleaned from that time and, and you know, what we can learn from, from this period. It has been a very traumatic experience living through the pandemic, both as someone providing a healthcare service and as working as an anesthetist. But the one thing the pandemic has brought out is the spirit of human resilience and solidarity. And what amazing wonders we can work and achieve through. 
if we come together. Within a couple of years, we had four vaccines ready to against the virus and protecting ourselves. Uh, if we can all come together and recognize that the value of health, what the pandemic also made us realize is statistically, if you were a fitter individual in a better health space, you would have a better pandemic uh, response, a better outcome if you got infected by the virus. So it made us realize the value of health and classify and redefine it, again, more than just absence of disease or infirmity. We also realized that disease does not recognize borders and how quickly uh, the health of the world, the health of the population starts defining the health of the patients that present before you. So if anything, if I thought it was desirable to have optimization and value-based healthcare embedded rather than service-based healthcare models embedded in healthcare providers and payers' plans, it is now essential. It is essential for us to recognize how, how do we value healthcare, what do we choose to invest it, and how do we ensure the health of our society as a whole, from where we draw our patients, the health need is addressed and no one is left behind. It's a really good point, and and certainly um, offering that to services to communities that perhaps didn't get access is absolutely critical. I mean, when you're looking at this year 2022 ahead of us, Dr. Rampel, uh, and you're mapping out the strategy and plans for Phase B CIC, what what's on the priority list this year? So one is, you know, I've always been guided. The North Star has been the aim to deliver the triple aim of healthcare which is improving patient outcomes, improving patient experience, at the same point, providing a cost efficiency for the payers as well. And hence embedding and adopting value-based care within our models that we try to provide providers as well as patients to improve cost of a serve, to look at value the cost of a service or an intervention on patient-related outcomes and not just the intervention itself. It may cost you $3,000 to have a laparoscopic cholecystectomy come in keyhole surgery to get your gallbladder taken out. But how much does it cost you to have a good outcome after that surgery so that you go back to enjoying the life you had before? And it causes minimal deterrent to your whole life experience. Phase B is going to target to promote value-based healthcare adoption and models, and also adoption of digital health solutions and democratization and making it very accessible, ensuring no one is left behind when we take into account how we design our patient care services. And we will be promoting it, we'll be shouting from the rooftops and we'll be talking about it. Look at people's results, look at what they have done, look at their credibility and don't reinvent the wheel. If wonderful services exist out there, try and adopt and work in partnerships. That is the best value for all the money that we put in healthcare. This has been really an interesting conversation, Dr. Rampel. I mean, I'm imagining people are out there that will want to learn more about your organization as well as some of the Quest Prehab uh, solutions that you're delivering. Where should they find you? Well, they can find us. They can contact us via Phase B website. And, you know, the contact details are there. It is monitored. They can come back. I am very available to be approached on LinkedIn as well. I do tend to answer very promptly. Uh, given the circumstances. It's been a huge, very busy time for healthcare uh, professionals. And 
they can get in touch with me via Twitter as well. I'm very active and very responsive on that as well. Excellent. Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Tara Rampel. She is the managing director of Phase B CIC, which is an organization that delivers telehealth, cancer, and surgical prehabilitation services, really under the Quest Prehab uh, branding. And it's been an incredible conversation to talk about uh, certainly the delivery of anesthesiology services, but also taking advantage of telehealth and bringing it together in this new solution, Phase BCIC. We can offer those kind of prehabilitation services that are so needed for people that are facing these types of challenges, these health challenges in their lives and making sure that they can recover and live full lives as quickly as possible. Dr. Rample, thank you so much for being on Uncaged. Thank you very much for the invitation. I thoroughly enjoyed our session. Cheers.